Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode 68 of the Be Awesome podcast and I'm your host, Joshua Peach. And we've got another great one today and this was a lot of fun. Uh how this all came together. I, first of all, I have to say a huge thanks to the Eastern Chamber of Commerce and Karen Newman. Karen, hands down, has been putting together a lot of these, if not all of these, uh, local uh, connections, which means a lot of these people I've never met before. Uh, but in meeting them and having the intro calls, there's so many dots connected and there's so many pieces uh, that just really come together that it's it just it I should just do the recordings when I call these people even though I don't know them this is no exception uh, today I have Oliver Rames high school varsity soccer coach director of the Easton New Soccer uh, League and about six other things he's doing that all revolve around youth soccer uh, John Barada John welcome to the podcast podcast first of all Thanks for having me, Josh. And I just want to echo quickly, we love Karen, and, and she's got a, she's quite the ball of energy, and she's got a lot of spunk in anything she does. So thank you, Karen, for uh, introducing us. That's coming, that's coming from two high-energy people here. So that's a, that's a, that's a, huge, a huge plug of energy. So, uh, but, but, but this is interesting. So a little bit of backstory and, and fun because, I, you know, I'm getting a lot of requests. I want to, we want to hear more about my story and about my history and a lot of the things that come from me. And when I was talking to John, he was telling me what he does and what he's done and his tie with Easton and everything he's doing with Oliver Ames. I played Oliver Ames soccer and I grew up playing soccer. We talked about the childhood soccer tournaments uh, throughout the, the region, one of which was uh, near his hometown or in his hometown uh, in Connecticut, the, the, the spinners patches. So any of my Easton folks that used to collect the soccer patches, he, he's probably got a couple of those. Those are high net worth. Uh, for us youth soccer players, but uh, it really, um, one of the things that I found uh, growing up was I was never going to be an athlete. I never realized that I was going to be an athlete. And talking to John, um, one of the things that he shared with me is the importance of people getting back and playing sports and and for the right reasons and for mental health. And we're going to touch on that. We're going to touch on coaching and the importance of coaches. And we're going to talk about um, programs and talking about just uh, where we're at and where we need to go. So, you know, before we get to all of that, John, how did you get to Easton of all the places? Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, uh, again, uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. I mean, you're, 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 uh, you're a living legend right now <laughs> uh, with what you're doing here and, and getting your name out there and also doing some great stuff. So thanks for, for having me. And I applaud your efforts for getting uh, your town some exposure, right. And all the town uh, organizations, because, not many people know uh, all the gifts that Easton has, right? Unless you live in it. So, and sometimes we forget about it. I've been here for 15 years now uh, as a director of coaching. Uh, I, I, I always tell people, like, I kind of got conned into it because when I came up for my first visit, OA had all these amazing fields, like tons of soccer fields. It was like fields for days. And I was like, wow, this would be a great place to work. So then a year later, when I kind of moved back up and I moved into this area because my wife is from Massachusetts. So she won the battle, one of many battles that she's won um, on where to move. So we came to Massachusetts. Um, this position opened up as a part-time role for a, a soccer director. Um, I applied. I came to Easton. I, I was given the opportunity to work uh, within the Easton Youth Soccer League at the time. Uh, and then when I got here, they had no more of those fields. <laughs> they, <laughs> they ended up 
Eastern Utakali had to purchase their own field, as a matter of fact, that they actually own right now in that far back corner of, you know, that, the, the plot of land there at the school by, behind their retention yeah. pond. Eastern Utakali actually had to buy those fields, right? So that they actually own that little quarter of the field there that they have to maintain and operate. Uh, so to be honest, I came here, uh, I ended up here with, with a little bit of luck. My wife wanted to move into Easton. Um, I left my soccer career and business in, uh, in, in Connecticut. And uh, we found a place, not in Easton, but uh, in Holbrook, where, where I first lived, um, you know, in 2004. And now we live in Hanson in 2009. Uh, we moved in here. And I've been in Easton ever since as the director of coaching. I've also been the youth minister at Holy Cross Church. And I've also, uh, and, and doing Olive Rams High School. So very, very lucky to land in Easton and, and continue to be there. How many fields do you guys have? So right now, they have two 7v7 fields and a 9v9 field. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's U12 plays 9v9 now. Yeah. Uh, and U10s, uh, which are third and fourth graders, are playing 7v7. Uh, and then we... We use the field at the high school, the JV field, for mm-hmm. our 11 v 11. So they don't own the 11 v 11 field, but they own and maintain the field on the back corner, which I don't think a lot of people know that, actually. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they, they paid a good amount of money, uh, and then they also to pay a yearly a very high premium to maintain those fields. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something interesting that, you know, someone's going to learn today yeah. uh, that Eastern Soccer, uh, in addition to paying for a director of coaching, myself, they've also paid for – a um, maintaining their fields uh, for all these years and, and acquiring mm-hmm. that land so our kids can play. Is the kick wall still over there? So uh, a new kick wall was built. So there oh is my a kick God. Wall. The, the, the cement cinder block kick green kick wall with numbers on it didn't yeah. didn't weather too many more storms after I left, huh? So, so they they built another one. It's orange and black, and uh, we have we have to thank uh, Mr. Howe for building that one up there for us. Uh, oh yeah. Well, that's cool. So, David, how about took care of that for, uh, for for you guys? That's nice. He's a good guy. He does a lot for the town. Um, sad to hear the green wall, the green monster of all of Rames kick wall went down. Yeah. Um, it didn't make it. Yeah, <laughs> rightfully so. It's just a bunch of cinder blocks left over from an addition. I think it was a, it was, uh, but it was nice. It worked out well. So, uh, so, so I'm looking at this, and just as a as a as a comparison, and maybe I'm looking at this right. U.S. youth soccer has got the highest number of kids of really just about any program with right around 3 million kids in the United States that play uh, compared to Boy Scouts, which has got about 2 point, looks like about 2.8 million. Girl Scouts a little bit less. Um, Little League is right around 2.7 million. And then it goes to uh, to Pop Warner football down at 500,000. So a lot of, a lot of kids kicking the ball around. Um, and, and it needs roughly 500,000 volunteers, and there's more than 300,000 coaches out there. Um, I had Ty Newberry on, who was a hockey, uh, into, in a hockey, a hockey coach and an executive director for a hockey rink. And uh, we talk about the importance of coaching and the importance of having good coaches. You know, you and I talked about my history with my coaches, and there were a couple that really stood out that were great coaches, and there were a couple that stood out that we won't necessarily talk about as coaches. Um, Tell me a little bit about the Easton program of coaches. Like, what do you guys put through people? Because, you know, I know that we have, and I actually did a keynote yesterday where we were talking to one of the keynote, other keynotes was talking about being a little league coach. He was just basically like a parent pulled off and was going to be the score, you know, going to be the bookkeeper. And then, you know, became a coach. Like there's got to be more to it than that. And there's got to be more, more, more to um, 
becoming a coach and being a good coach. And I think we have a great coaching program overall. What do you, what do you guys do uh, as far as that goes? So U.S. Youth Soccer is the largest organization. I, I, U.S. Youth Soccer, I'm very lucky actually to work with them. Um, but from an Eastern perspective, Eastern Soccer has always tried to be the leader um, in that space with, with coach education and, and retainment and trying to assist our coaches. Because as you know, what typically happens is like, you show up on a Saturday morning to whatever sport, I'm like, you get shamed into coaching. Right, you got your coffee here, and you got this. I'm like, here's this guy, John Barada, screaming random things like, if we don't have enough people, we can't play soccer, you know? Yeah. Uh, so people just, they come in and play. Um, however, what I've been very lucky is I'm also a U.S. soccer, for United States Soccer Federation, I'm an instructor, right? So I'm one of the national instructors. So I do coach education throughout the state and wherever I, wherever I need to be go. Wherever I need to go, I go and I do it. Um, so I get to do the coach education for – other people outside of Easton, but in Easton, we benefit because I get to run those courses right in our own town, right? So we use the Fieldhouse Arena. One of my former players, Peter Galino, who played at OA, actually owns that property at the Fieldhouse Arena. So we do our coach education there on that field. Um, so we do the 4v4, the 677, 9v9, and all of our coaches that are coaching our travel teams are not mandated to have it, but they're strongly encouraged to do a coach license, right, and a coach education license. So when they take a team, they don't just start with no knowledge at all of coaching. Because as you know, you played, right? Mm-hmm. But because you play, doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. Because mm-hmm. right? the connection with the kids and how to interact with them. Can you be organized? Can you help them be challenging? Can you make it fun, right? Those are things that we try to help our parents navigate. But we also have people that never played the game before that are our best coaches. Because you mm-hmm. know what? They're there for the kids. They can listen to instruction. They can easily organize. They can easily uh, allow for repetition. They can easily make it challenging. And they can easily add some really quick coaching points. That's how awesome it is. Uh, If you want to do it and you put a little bit of time to learning, you can be an amazing coach and affect these kids' lives forever. And and we're very blessed in Easton that we have a lot of awesome coaches, which is why we have so many awesome players throughout the time to be completely um, up front and I'm I'm very proud of our coaches in town yeah yeah that you know what a, a business perspective on that I can remember and you're spot on like you have some of the greatest players uh, that would make terrible coaches and you have some of the greatest coaches that would make terrible players uh, and I can remember the first time I've always been a top performing salesperson in any business that I've been a part of and I'm proud of that and it's hard work it's a lot of it's a lot of different things um, but I remember getting passed up on a, on a leadership role and I went to my dad who was a, a pretty solid businessman and he said, son, some of the best salespeople make the worst managers and some of the best managers make the worst salespeople. And that's the same thing with coaches. Um, it's a personality thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an understanding. It's a commitment, most importantly. Um, and it's also taken away from making it about you and making it about them. And some players, you know, some of your greatest players, it's about them. You know, some of, you, some of these professional players, it's all about them. And uh, they can't take that mindset and shift it to the coaching. Um, that arena, that's, is that the one that's on Eastman Street? Uh, yes, that's okay. exactly. Yep, on Eastman Street. I've never been in there. Is that like a full-size indoor field or what? Not a, not a full-size. What he did is he kept all kind of like a, a differentiator. It's a boutique size right it's yeah. not a full field it's a, a smaller size field you can do like 3v3 5v5 7v7 mm-hmm. uh the unique connection there as you and i talked about connections is he was one of my he was my first class at oa in 2009 yeah. so Peter galino was the owner 
of that building and that and now he actually works for me and coaches and gives back to the community as a player and as a business owner so it's a, it's a pretty cool story you know it is that is pretty cool i've seen it i haven't been in it i mean i like i said i mean i didn't see the kick kick wall i've I'm now grounded at home and I'm not getting out of my home to see everything in Easton. It's like crazy. Um, when we're done with this, come out to the kick wall. We'll, we'll, we get a, <laughs> I got to check it out. Yeah. Does it have numbers on it? No, we can, we can have you put up yeah, your, we got to paint some numbers on that. We got to get the five holes up on the, on the corners, make sure this thing's going right. I mean, come on, how do we get, how are you going to train? I mean, that's like you sit there, drink Gatorade, and kick a ball, kick the ball off the wall. And that's, that's practice. Um, so, you know, let's talk about, let's get into this whole, like, your COVID, quarantine, uh, the difficulties it's put on. You and I talked about a, a great man who sadly I just found out passed away, uh, Ernie Bronco, that used to have the soccer camp that he used to put on. I mean, that was packed. I mean, you, it was it was every soccer player in town. You know, you were part of that that soccer camp. The fields were stacked all summer long, um, and you were excited. And at the end of the day, you had the juggle-offs. Uh, I can remember, I think it was Ben Burney. Uh, he, I think he, I think he held the record for a while. I mean, he just, he, I think he's still over there kicking the ball from 1984. Um, but, but these programs are vital and so important in so many different ways. Um, what are, what are you doing for your soccer players now? I mean, how are they, are they practicing with social distancing? What's, what's, what's that look like right now? So it's a great question. And right now, I mean, based on our, programs that were directly with issued soccer or legacy soccer club where, which is its roots are in Easton as well. Um, we've had a, like a, a virtual training Academy, right? So we've been doing two to three days a week of technical work. And we've also been doing like physical fitness for Easton youth soccer uh, for our travel program. We've been sending out education and content for our coaches to share with their players. Uh, and then we've also been offering early on some videos for the kids to kind of play and follow along and just, get the excitement and passion going. Um, what we're doing right now is preparing for when we can return to play. It's like our return to play protocol where Easton soccer is ready to go. Our board has been super uh, proactive about getting the game um, ready to go. Now, when I say that it may be soccer activities, right? So when we get back out there, yeah. we may not be able to have contact, right? We may have to be doing our social distance training as you referred to. Once we get the guidelines from the governor, Easton soccer is well equipped to just roll out its next program phase, right? So we're ready to have some summer fun with the kids. We've missed the spring season. Our families have been awesome. We sent out the opportunity for people to push their credit for next fall, right? We've had people, a number of people have just donated their fee from the spring to our scholarship programs that we offer for, for Easton soccer. Uh, others are going to be looking to just see if they can come back and play at any point. So we've been very, very blessed with our Easton soccer program um, that we're going to be ready to come out of this by just getting kids back on the field. Because obviously for me, there's, there's ways kids learn how to be leaders. Kids learn how to be the first follower, which is important, right? Not everyone's a leader, right? So sometimes learn to be the first follower. We're teaching kids how to be good people, right? Um, so let's get back on the field in some way so we can start to build those connections, build those relationships, right? It's, it's less about playing soccer when we get back out and more about those like, can we see the facial expressions face to face and not on zoom? Right? right. Because I think there's a bit of a, there's a bit of connectivity issue. Like we want the kids to feel and kind of know that we love and care for them. Right. Cause we do. I mean, every board member, every coach that I work with loves and cares about our kids. It's just going to be a lot easier to do it 
even if we're social distance practicing when we're on the field. So I really can't wait uh, to get back out there with, with our kids and, and, and even the high school kids. I can't wait to see them because it's hard being away from everybody. You know something, one of the greatest things made my day to hear that, that I didn't even ask about the, the, the support mechanisms from families and, and, and towards you guys with regards to, um, you know, fees that are paid or programs or everything. I mean, there's, there's so many stories out there of people that are saying, I want my money back. I don't want to be a part of this. It's so heartwarming. The YMCA is one. People are letting their, you know, they're, 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 they're moving their membership to a, a donation for a ta- tax deduction. So their membership is still active, but they can't get into, they can't get into the gym. So they're, instead, they're still giving that monthly contribution as a 501c3 tax donation. Um, my son goes to camp at, at, um, at um, uh, God, sheep pasture. He's been going since he was four. And, you know, we made, we made the, uh, the, the whatever payment we made. And um, it was three months ago, four months ago, and I'm waiting, but I, I don't want to I'm, I'm, I'm keep the money. I've already paid it. And you guys obviously need it. And the, 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 the reality of it to keep these programs going is that support is definitely needed. Those fields yeah. still need to get maintained. Your payroll still needs to happen um, in order for you to continue to build these incredible programs. So it's so not surprising. It's just heartwarming to hear that, that people are standing behind you because I'm sure a lot of them, you know, some of them are probably struggling and do need to get some, some of that back financial assistance back or hopefully whatever it is. Um, but the ones that can do it are saying, Hey, let's, let's ride this thing out with you. Let's keep it going. And that's, that's amazing. That's, that's community right there. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> it's been nothing but a community, right? And whether you get along every day or not, when it really matters, um, they come together, right? At, at, ultimately, um, Easton has been a community that the people that need the support, they will ask and they'll let us know. Those who are able to support and donate, like you said, we're a 501c3 as well, Easton Utah, so it's all a charitable contribution. And then those who are going to come back anyways are just helping us with the cash flow issue and crediting going forward, right? So we are very lucky, to be honest, that uh, our families have been very supportive and we look forward to, to continuing uh, to feel their love and support because once we get back out there, their kids will feel it back from us as well, right? Uh, just like they always have. So that's, that's the best part of this. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, one of the things that you were just talking about is just getting the kids back out on the field and it's not about soccer. It's about seeing them and smile and everything else. And I spent this afternoon, uh, calling a number of, of, uh, young employees that I, that I have with my, my day job at dude solutions. Um, cause I, I woke up the other day and I realized I, I can't, I'm not gonna, I don't remember if you told me how old you were, but I'm old guy. I'm 45. Um, professionally, I'm- I'm old yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, professionally, professionally, um, I've weathered Y2K, 9-11, swine flu, bird flu, Ebola virus, worst recession of all time, the Iraq-Afghanistan war, a whole bunch of things, um, not as much as many, but more than, more than most in the workforce today. And so I called a lot of them uh, today just to check on them, see how they're doing. And most of them uh, are under the age of 30. And you could tell that they have never been through something like this professionally as a, you know, life. Um, and it, it's hard. Like they, they can't understand it. There's a hard to explain. Um, it's difficult. And I look at this with kids that are used to being social, used to going to school, 
uh, used to having their friends around, you know, all these used to use to uses that they've been confined to. Yep. Um, and there's all these studies talking about anxiety and depression and difficulties. I, I see that this is going to be just a, an absolute necessity as soon as they can to get these kids back out to get social, kick the ball. Great. But getting out and spending time with one another and smiling and, and letting, letting them know that it's, everything's going to be okay. Yep. Uh, that's got to be a pretty powerful and, uh, I mean, you just got to feel great that that when this happens, you're going to be at the forefront of this with you and your team, just ready to rock and roll and doing all this preparation. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, listen, one of the things that I think we're going to hear a lot about eventually is going to be the re-entry psychology of what's going on here. People are going to have to re-enter into the real world uh, from a mental, from a mental capacity, right? Because at the end of the day, our kids are going to have to re-enter into society, right? They're going to have to re, it really is an interesting dynamic from depression to anxiety to separation anxiety now um to the fear factor of am i going to get sick when i go back out there there's a number of things that we're going to have to really navigate i mean i think someone i i was reading a report it's like the mental health tsunami right Mm -hmm. that's what's coming right that's what people are trying to prepare us for and it's i believe that the sooner we can get them they don't have to be playing contact, but the sooner we can get them out there enjoying themselves mm-hmm. and experiencing life again with their friends collaboratively, I think the sooner we're going to be able to overcome some of those challenges that, that, that this pandemic has created, right? Because, I mean, that's really what's going to hurt us hard is the mental challenges that this pandemic has created that we're going to feel for years to come, mm-hmm. right? Especially if we're not prepared to deal with it. Um, you mentioned something about, you know, living through those things. I am just a little bit behind you. I'm, I'm 42 years old. Um, I've lived through many of those things. Um, and I will say that the interesting thing about this senior class, right? They were born 9-11, right? So they lived, mm-hmm. they didn't live through 9-11, but they were born in that, that time frame. Yeah. And now they're living, they're leaving their, their careers as, as high school students during the pandemic, right? So yeah. that's what they know. Those two main situations with a little bit of a, the depression or a recession in 2008, mm-hmm. they didn't really understand that. That was their parents' problem, not theirs. Um, right. So I think they just tried to help them understand that this is part of life. There will be ups and downs. You'll come into something and the hope is that you'll come out of it stronger, right? right? The problem is along the way, we do lose loved ones, right? We do have to battle some serious issues, whether it's illnesses or other challenges, but the hope is that they come out of it on the other end much stronger than they did when they came into it. So we'll, we'll hopefully teach kids how to deal and cope with that, but uh, I, I, I am really excited, to be honest with you, uh, to get outside and, and, and work with our kids in, in Easton and, and, of course, Legacy, which is a major part of um, Easton soccer families as well. So. Yeah, you know, I, I, I refer to it, I know I stole it from some of it, t- making stumbling blocks your stepping stones uh, and trying to figure out how to how to leverage the, 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 the outcome to be as positive as possible in the worst of times. And this this is all those things that, I, that you and I went through are nothing. This is a, this, that those were a field day compared to what we're going through here. And, and on March 11th of this year, I gave a talk in Frederick County, uh, Maryland, to a group as I've done for the last five plus years since I started this uh, doing keynotes around the world. And I always say my calculations, my numbers, when I look at reports and I look at things, I factor it to be about one in three, one in three people. And then statistics and reports actually show this medical reports show this, but in my audience, one in three people, one in three people that are listening to this podcast prior to March 16th 
of this year, one in three of my listeners were going through something traumatic or difficult or even disastrous. That could be um, a death. That could be someone with drugs or them being on drugs. That could be divorce, maybe not divorce. Um, you know, <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they're sticking around. Um, but, you know, death, drugs, divorce, uh, difficulties doesn't discriminate. And now we have COVID that just blanketed all of us. And the reality is that number is probably two out of three. And in some days, it's probably three out of three that everybody is feeling the, the, the weight, whether it's the financial weight, whether it's the being stuck weight, the confinement, any of those things. I mean, it, we're going to need groups, programs, and people like you and others around here to to really build this, rebuild, like you say, the, reoccup the, the reoccupying psychology of how do we make sure that these kids come out uh, better, stronger, and bigger. And I think it's with programs like you put on. Um, just out of curiosity, before I forget this this question, how many kids are in the entire Eastern Youth Program? So Eastern Youth Soccer has anywhere from about 800 to 950 players, I would say, throughout wow. the year, whether it be recreational and travel. I mean, it used to have bigger numbers, but I mean, now there's every sport in the world that, that's club and town and mm -hmm. every organization now you know, has, offers opportunities to play. Um, so it's, it's obviously diminished and, and parents are now, there's a lot more of ex, people trying to excel in one sport sometimes versus back in the day, everyone played multiple sports, right? So- Well, yeah, it was, it was seasonal. It was seasonal. Yeah. Now it's like year round. Like I talk I mean, to people. Everything's year round now. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> Everything. growing up, fall was soccer, football. That's what you did. Yeah. And then in the spring, you could play, you play travel league in the spring and if you were really good you played some in the summer but winter you were out and then you know as I was getting older the, the indoor uh bubbles started happening and those things and then all of a sudden I mean you're on a local travel team and you're going to Florida to play in a tournament and you know Christmas time in Orlando it's like crazy um everyone does it now yeah it's every sport I mean there's like there's like club checkers now right you can be on a checkers team and you can be traveling across the country to play chess and checkers it's it's yeah. It's everything. It's I'm amazing. So, I should, should have taken up chess and checkers. That sounds like fun. Travel <laughs> around, play board games, not get hurt. Absolutely. Probably, probably would have been pretty good at that. Double jump stuff. Well, we 900 families. Not, 900, it's either 850 families, 900 plus kids, or 900 families to closer to 1,000. But it's a recreational program from pre-K, first and second grade, kindergarten, obviously, then third grade, all the way through like our postgraduates can play travel soccer. And then we have our summer clinics and, and other things. So we, we run the whole gamut and we're also open to uh, create adult programs as well and have adults play within our framework. So uh, really fun there. Over 40 Husky group. That's it. That's what we want to get <laughs> started for us. You can get us started uh, with your dynamite, the dynamite team you guys had back oh in the day. Oh, my God. Those guys still play. Hedricks and Haynes and Jake Churchill. I think all those guys are still playing. Like uh, They're playing for the Revs. They're, yeah, they're yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just be the water guy. So, um, so, I mean, we got people that are still moving. I mean, I've had uh, Isabel Wilson on with real estate. Real estate still happening. People are still coming to town. People probably have kids that are getting older. Um, <clears throat> you said you got pre-K through, what did you say? What you say? It was 11, 12? Pre-K all the way through like post-grad. So right after the post-grad. Grad. Okay. And, and the adult programs are you're yeah. open to. Um, so how do people get a hold of you? Are they able to register for programs, even though we're in this kind of still unknown 
yeah. where do they find you, all that good stuff. So, so right now, EastonSoccer.com is just one word, EastonSoccer.com uh, online would be where you can get information. And obviously we were always looking for people to help support as board members, as people to just be part of the coaching group. And then obviously our programs, we'd love to have people jump in and uh, give it a try. We, we definitely would support anyone's passion to get involved as a player coach, a parent, a referee, administrator. I'm a big believer in like soccer, not being a pyramid, right? At the top, only an elite. I believe it more like a soccer volcano where, you know, you always are trying to be your best and push through. And then some people shoot up like super soccer players we've had that are all Americans. We've had coaches that are nationally renowned. We've had everyone that comes back over kind of the volcano, like, you know, lava that are now given back to the community, right? So they used to be players in Eastern soccer. Now they're actually board members in Eastern soccer watching their kids play. So it's unbelievable how it kind of all plays all over itself in, a, in an awesome circle of like soccer life, right? So for me, it's really, really a passion to, yeah. to get going here. Yeah, people, people that are from Easton or grew up in Easton don't ever seem to leave Easton. It's like we're, it's like a vortex we're stuck in. And it's a pretty cool vortex, neat, neat place to be. But I think that there's probably a pretty good uh, bullpen of uh, former Easton soccer players still around uh, doing that. My oldest son, is uh, he didn't take up to soccer too well. He played one season, and uh, I think he liked karate a little bit more because he was yeah. air, kick, air kicking at half field. But that's the, uh, that's the uh, killer bees huddle where they all run together when they're like you know three, four years old and <laughs> don't even know there's a ball on the field. So, uh, so this is great. So people can go to eastonsoccer.com. They can look at the programs. They can, they can register for programs for the fall, or can they, you know, is there? Yep. Yeah, okay. Cool. Summer programs, fall programs now. Uh, obviously, everything is based on the yeah. governor's guidelines, to be completely mm-hmm. transparent. Uh, but they can also email me at, you know, doc at Easton Soccer. So it's D as in dog, O-C, doc at EastonSoccer.com. It stands for Director of Coaching at EastonSoccer.com. And happy to entertain any questions. And obviously, if you want to get involved in somehow, in some way, that'd be great. Obviously, right now, our 2011 girls away soccer team is, you know, there's a, if you're on the Patriot Ledger or the Enterprise, they're being considered one of the teams of the decade, Right, so I just exchanged some emails with uh, Michaela Simino, who was a player, who was an Eastern resident, and we're just trying to keep those connections alive. I mean, that's 2011. We have a, uh, one of our former players reach out on Facebook saying she'd love to help out. Obviously, I was connected with them through coaching them, but also through Holy Cross. So it's just wonderful to see the whole community come full circle and always come back to its roots, right? And that's why for me, um, it's always been super special to be here. People always say, why are you still there after 15 years? Um, once you're in, it's hard to leave. Like yeah. it's, you, you build some roots and it's not like you want to leave. Um, so it, it's really a blessing at this point, um, for sure. And it has been for the last 15 years. So I just want to keep growing. So anyway, anyone has questions for Eastern soccer, please feel free to email me. And if I don't know the answer, I'll pass you on to someone a lot smarter, I'm sure. So yeah. Yeah, anytime somebody asks me, I've been I've been with uh, Dude Solutions for 16 years, and I was telling you about how we we do things like the uh, field bookings and stuff, and people be like, "Why are you still there?" Go, they can't get rid of me. <laughs> That's why I answer. Can't get rid of me. So I, you got me. You let me in. I ain't leaving. So, and we're glad and we're glad you're still here. And I'm glad that I got the introduction to you today. I think you're doing some amazing things. You've done some amazing things. Your commitment to our community and to our kids is nothing short of exemplary. And, and thank you for that. 
um, and appreciate you giving me the time today to, uh, to do this interview and, and connecting all the dots uh, of, of commonalities. I mean, uh, you know, the funny part with this was cl closing out and I was telling you my, my graduating year of, of team players of uh, uh, Charlie Turkoff, Ben Bernie, Mark Silva, myself, and, and Johnny Graff, and you say, hey, John Graff, he was leaving uh, Assumption when I was coming in. And yeah, this small world, you know, that uh, this little town of Easton, when you're going into college where you end up coaching, you didn't know that today is him and his dad and his, his parents and, and his brother lived over on uh, Bequanicut Street, I think. Uh, I don't know if they're still there or not. But yeah, Johnny Graff was a OA graduate soccer player in 94. So uh, <laughs> small, small world. But uh, keep doing what you're doing. If there's anything that we can do, we're going to put all of the, the uh, all of your information, the website, uh, your contact information, email, and in the, in the show notes uh, on YouTube and all the pod podcast platforms. Uh, keep up the great work. I look forward to hearing about the programs and how you get these kids back out on the field and uh, smiling and, and having fun again because they, they deserve it more than any of us. I, I really appreciate that, Josh. And listen, uh, we'll love to get you out there talking to them some point and have a little uh town hall or you can yeah. just share your story have some fun with them as well and and get that uh you know be awesome mentality <laughs> you know? so, so thank you for having me it's been a lot of fun hopefully i wasn't the most boring person you've had on but uh i do really appreciate your time and and keep doing what you're doing it's really is an awesome town so uh to keep giving it praise and props really is is welcome to have so let me know if there's anything we can do for you as well appreciate you my friend this is uh this has been a great episode. I got to take a walk down memory lane uh, to all you be awesome listeners. I'll tell you what, uh, Eastern Massachusetts truly is a special place. Uh, I, I can complain about it. You can have a hard time and, uh, and make jokes about not being able to leave. But you know what? Uh, deep down inside, I'm glad I haven't been able to leave because it is. It's filled and loaded with amazing people that come from all over the place that's making a huge impact and difference, not just on their own families, but on the families around them is no better example than, uh, than John Barada and the soccer program here in Oliver Ames and Easton Youth Soccer League. So be sure if you've got kids that are interested, it seems like everybody's playing with 3 million kids out there kicking the ball around. It's, it's feel like you're missing the boat. Uh, get out and reach out to them and, uh, and, and get, your, get your kids out there. And, and it's, a, it's a great sport. I started playing it when I was four, uh, played through high school. And, uh, and my friends, the Hedricks, they played through college and others. They were they were, uh, they were great athletes, and uh, I was glad to be able to get an opportunity to play on the same pitch as them. So um, that'll do it for this episode. We've got some more lined up for next week. It's been crazy. I did a couple of new virtual events trying to take my uh, public speaking virtually. It's a, a interesting uh, to do. I do it in my garage, and I uh, think I need to get some air conditioning in there because yesterday was about 82, and it was like a sauna. So, um, but we're, we're doing a lot of things. We've got a lot of things happening, uh, a lot of excitement around the, uh, the t-shirts and face coverings Got all, both of them in stock, uh, right now, all the t-shirts, uh, just shipped one out to California. Terry, thank you for your order. Uh, appreciate you. I put it in the mail. I actually threw in a face covering for you, my friend. So, uh, don't know that I've ever met you, but, uh, appreciate the order that I just got, uh, before this podcast, um, seeing a lot of things trending now that I'm actually paying attention to shirt sales and face covering sales and interest and, and activity. Um, almost 80% of people have bought a face covering with a t-shirt purchase. And I don't know if it's because it's avoiding the shipping and handling uh, that, that we typically have on the shirts or what have you, but we're going to put a product online. That's going to be a shirt and face covering while supplies last. We've got, we've got a, a select amount of inventory left of, of the super awesome shirts and of the be awesome shirts. 
that we're going to do a uh, face covering and t-shirt for $29.99. It's $5 less than if you bought them separate because I don't think that uh, 80% of the people um, that have bought already that have done that, um, you shouldn't have to pay full price for both and have me ship it just with one package. So in an effort, I'm going to make it a, a package deal. All of you that did uh, do that, you know, you got an extra little something in the mail with your package. Uh, so this saves me from doing an extra little something. So this just makes it honest for everybody. So be on the lookout for that. Really appreciate your, your uh, support with buying the shirts and face coverings and the feedback and the reviews and the ratings. We just got on Pandora last week. That was huge. We applied to be on Pandora over a year and a half ago. So we just got on Pandora. So it's because of you listening, supporting, encouraging, telling me which direction I should go and people I should have on the podcast that's getting us more exposed, more contents out there. Uh, keep up the great work. Um, please keep sharing and commenting. Let us know how we're doing. Josh, J-O-S-H at Be Awesome, B-E-A-U-S-M.com. That's how you can get a hold of me anytime. And, uh, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all the public uh, social media front-facing pages and www.beawesome.com is where you can buy our gear. So um, have a great weekend, everybody. And if you can be anything, be awesome.